hot damn. We got a good one. We got a good one today. It is the Loftus Party Podcast. I'm just thrilled. I'm thrilled. We just finished up, and we'll play it for you later, an interview with uh, Martina Marcota. Uh, if, if you don't know who Martina Marcota is, she's a uh, performance artist. She is uh, an interpretive dance it, it, performance artist and also graphic novels and wonderfulness. Uh, she's had an interesting experience. She came out as a Trump supporter. There was fallout. So we've got a we've got a great interview with Martina uh, coming up. Just a great time. It just it brings me joy. Just talking to her, someone who uh, creates art politically. She leans to the right, uh, and she's still doing it. So I don't want no no spoilers on that. But but stay tuned. It's a wonderful interview. I feel uh, it's reassuring <laughs> to meet other people who who are in the same boat. We got uh, we got the gypsy with us. On Hello. the other line, Gypsy, you saw you saw Captain Marvel recently. I did. Whoa! So we got we got a little bit of info with that. You're going to be very uh, wise as very usual. Spoiler and free, yes. Spoiler free. We promise you that. So damn it! What a show! What a show! Uh, Martina Marcota, Lady Alchemy. Lady Alchemy is the uh, name of the graphic novel and and her. Uh, Alter ego. It's fantastic. It's, it's wonderful. And Captain Marvel news coming up later. We get. We're gonna jump into some uh, politics because that's what we're doing here. We're joking about the political poo poo in the DC doo doo. The swamp. I don't even know what I'm doing now. Huge week in politics. Here's like okay. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now, Gypsy. Uh, what has me really? The stories that I think are are underreported. The, the one that jumps out at me is the uh, Adam Schiff spending, what, 10 hours with, uh, with Michael Cohen before Cohen's congressional testimony. What in the Sam Hill was that? Well, what I mean, in the Sam was Hill sleazy. was that? It was just sleazy. It's completely – I mean as if you didn't need another reason to think uh, Adam Schiff was sleazy. Like why is, why, why is no one freaking out about that? Well, because the only people who are going to freak out about that are the people that we look, we look at, we talk to, we watch, and we read. So the Daily Caller freaks, Tucker Carlson will freak, you know, the, the people will freak. It just won't be freaking on largesse because the other networks and the other outlets all have to protect that. And and boy, ain't that the truth? I was really I I thought Chris Wallace would dig into it today. Uh, I I thought uh, Howie Kurtz from uh, uh, from his little media show on Fox. I thought he would dig into it. Nothing like like just not even a glancing blow. I think Chris Wallace might have done a glancing blow on this. But like when you have Adam Schiff hanging out with Michael Cohen for ten hours before his testimony, uh, and even Cohen even said it in his testimony. That they were hanging out, it, it just well, just I mean, unbelievable. My rep, a Georgia representative, he's not my personal representative, released Bruce Orr's testimony, and there's tons of problems with that. I had to actually go read the testimony because there was so little discussion about it. It's uh 
And then and then here's the other one. And this goes this goes hand in hand. And this is what and I, I hate being gloom and doom because this is really this is an upbeat, optimistic show because because we've uh, we we've got Martina on. the. I can't wait for you guys to hear that interview. She's it's 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 good. I suck, but she's interesting. Um, the other thing that I find deeply concerning is that uh, the DNC says, uh, no, we're not going to do any any debates on Fox. Now, what has me. Concerned. What I think the big issue is, this goes to Adam Schiff talks to Michael Cohen and no, just nobody reports it. Just nobody reports it. So ergo, it didn't happen. Ergo, it didn't matter. <clears throat> and then when you have Tom Perez saying that, uh, yeah, we're not going to do any uh, debates on Fox. Uh, that's just that's just saying you don't matter. We don't need you as a demographic. We don't need you like they don't even want to try to change hearts and minds. And this is my opinion. They don't want to try to change hearts and minds because they don't think they need them. I think that the Democratic Party has looked at their research. They, they've they looked at their numbers and they're like, we don't even need to waste our time with Fox News. We just have to mobilize our base and then it's game over. Yeah, I think they're getting some misleading numbers and I've written a little bit about those. Um, there's some numbers out there from a group named Data for Progress, which uh, say things like 64% of the Republican Party would support a Green New Deal. You and I both know that's that's not even <laughs> that's not even right. in the ballpark. Um, yeah. Do we all want clean air, clean water, and clean oceans? Sure. If you ask you us betcha. that question, we're gonna say yes. The po- hot pile of garbage Alexandria Ocasio Cortez put out? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, I think the other thing that has them a little uh, nervous, shall we say, um, is probably the fact when you look at the team that traditionally does the debates on Fox News, and that would be Chris Wallace, Brett Baer, and now Martha McCallum, they are all very seasoned journalists, and they're hard on the people on the right. Like when, when the Republican candidates went on Fox for their debates, they got no quarters. They got difficult questions. So so you think that Tom Perez is doing this out of fear and not being I think overly confident? Softballs. I'm sorry, what? I think he thinks that people generally are going to watch them no matter what station they're on. And that generally does happen, right? So if a debate's on Fox, Fox, gonna, Fox is going to win that evening. So people watch them, whether you're for the party or opposed to the party. Right. For whatever reason. So people are going to see the debates no matter what network they're on. I think he is afraid that, you know, when they start talking about some of their more ridiculous programs like preschool for zero through four and the Green New Deal and paying for everybody's college, Fox News is going to ask them financial and economic based questions that they don't have an answer for. Okay. Well, this, this nobody, makes me feel better. Nobody on I'm, MSNBC is going to do that. Oh, no. Well, someone, they kind of will. I don't think they're going to tear into them. Real, it, it's, it's not, not going to be a softball look at it, but it will be – you have to, like, to, to, keep, to, to keep up the illusion that you are an actual nobody journalist. Nobody did that when Bernie was pushing it last time. Good point. We, Good point. We, we've well, kind of seen what these debates look like when you got a socialist on the stage. <laughs> we already had that. It's a it's a feel good moment. All right. Well, I'm glad. I I I really think 
and hopefully they are overconfident. But I was just in watching the coverage, and I'm like, well, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Uh, and I think hopefully I'm wrong. It seems like one, you get to marginalize Fox, and and you can keep referring to it as propaganda. And then two, I guess you're hoping that you, you don't even need those people. You can't that you can't peel off a few uh, conservatives to to vote for your your person. So hopefully, hopefully they're doing it out of fear. Hopefully, hopefully Tom Perez uh, is just uh, terrified and not overconfident. I, mean, I personally I, I, think. You know, regardless of their individual opinions on Trump, I don't really know what Bears is. He's that good. <laughs> oh, he he doesn't like him. <laughs> Brett Brett Bears no no Donald Trump fan. I, I think mean, he disguises I've, it well. I've seen him be very balanced, both pro and con. So I, I I would not make that assumption. I guess having watched you know a fair amount of him. Um, oh, this is – yeah, this is just me, and that's what's great, that we have differing – that you and I have differing opinions on how Brett Baer feels about Brett, uh, about Donald Trump means that, in my opinion, Brett Baer is a good journalist. Yeah, right. Well, and that's <laughs> the difference between Brett Baer, Martha McCallum, and Chris Wallace. They're journalists. They're not pundits like Hannity, Ingram, Carlson. We know what they think. Yeah. And they're admittedly partisan. The reason people on the right have such a problem with CNN, NBC, ABC, MSNBC is because they don't differentiate between those two things ever. Well, I I, uh, I agree. It's it's too funny the you know how opinion has has merged with journalism, and we've talked about this before, and it, they should be color coded and all that wonderful stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm just hoping I just hoping that uh, I'm hoping Tom Perez has made a huge mistake. I, and I want to. I just want to circle back to the Michael Cohen thing really quick because I I think it's too funny because they were they were playing this soundbite today, uh, where where Michael Cohen's testifying and he's like, I would not I would not ask for nor would I accept a pardon from Mr. Trump. See, that's when you go too far, dude. Like that's when yes, everybody. Yes, you would. Yes, you would. Right. <laughs> That's just a ridiculous. That's when you've you've lied too big. He should have just kept it with, you know, I I I never asked for a pardon. He should have said that, which is a lie, which is an absolute is lie. lie. Yeah. But when you when you put that little uh, cherry on the top of the sundae and go, I wouldn't even accept it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, right. Okay. You would rather sit in jail with your cellmate uh, Benny <laughs> than, than get a like. Seriously, if I was rotting in a jail cell. And, and and Hillary Clinton was like, I'll let you out. I'd be like, thank you. You're awesome. Come and give me a hug. <laughs> uh, I would not ask for, nor would I accept a pardon for Mr. Trump. So evidently uh, uh, Schiff didn't tell him to do that one. Okay. I, I, the Democrats are like tripping all over themselves uh, this week. It's like you can't believe – if they didn't have the media behind them, if they didn't have all the help, like it's just ridiculous. Like uh, I'm 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 a Catholic guy, uh, like like through and through Irish Catholic yada yada. This whole uh, Elon Omar thing and and her anti-Semitism, it, it's it, it infuriates me. It infuriates me, and that. And, and that this whole we hate hate thing, you guys have to see uh, my video on on YouTube. Yeah, the, no, the I, I think with... you you captured it very well. Um, 
the the lengths the Democrat Party went to not to say her name and not to call out her behavior. It's insulting. Uh, well, it was like I I didn't realize at her age Nancy Pelosi was so flexible she could do those kinds of gymnastics. To say uh, oh, the one th- oh I, she doesn't she doesn't realize uh, the weight her words have oh, like garbage garbage and then two days later two days later we see thugs from Care and Linda Sourcer shoving journalists out of the woman's office that literally terrified like, me. I got yes yes that was a frightening frightening moment when you saw those dudes oh my goodness yeah i'm i I write fiction i write fiction i write comedy but that was you don't have to go too far to be like that's that's who's really calling the shots this is just me with that particular girl oh yeah Woo! those care dudes were uh, up to no good and just boxing reporters out and blocking Mm -hmm. the doorway and just that was was, uh that was not a good look you just you don't see that kind of behavior in the halls of Congress unless it's the Capitol Police because something is wrong. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like that, I, that was like nearly law enforcement behavior. Well, that's this the, the whole the whole pseudo law enforcement behavior, and and I I've, I don't want to bring this up because I, I still think it it might be fake, it, whatever. But like these uh pol- these these cars in in New York that kind of look like pseudo police cars, but mm-hmm. they're like uh, uh, is Islamic or, or or Muslim neighborhood patrols. Have you seen these? I I saw it, but. I question it because of the source. Me too. Me too. I'm hesitant like already. I'm I'm uh but so we'll so we'll stick to this. Uh the the Democrats like for for them not just to call her out and single her out. Who was the Republican guy who put forth it was and it was even his was even a, a hypothetical about uh something racist. That's why we always say never do the hypothetical questions. But that dude, that Republican guy, you're like, boom, you're off that committee. Boom, you're off that oh, committee. Oh, Steve King. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. We call you up by name. Ba-bang, you're gone. She's on the foreign – okay, so first of all, you're telling me a woman who's nearly 40 years old, right? Yup. Yep. Does not have well-formed enough – and has, I believe, a PhD. She has an advanced degree. Does yeah, not understand not... the weight of her words, and you put her on something as sensitive as the Foreign Affairs Committee? Make up my mind. Make up my mind. It's uh, – and that's why, <laughs> like, in my video, like, okay, so the Democrats are not going to police their own. Which, which is in a way saying we're okay with this. Now, behind closed doors, I'm sure they're – I'm hoping they're <clears throat> ripping her uh, a new one. You know, I hope, hope – hopefully Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are, are really laying into her. However, it's like now you know. It, it, that's – okay, so now in my opinion, like I'm not from Minnesota. I didn't vote for this chick. So now you know. Like like three times is not an accident. The The – this is her belief system, yada, yada. But that's why in my video, I'm like, is it, you know, Minnesota, is this who you want? Is this who you want re- representing you? Well, her district, that's... yes. Her district is where all the Somali refugees are. Right. So then like, you got to look at – I've read things uh, that say they have a huge problem with radicalization inside of her district and and some that... other things. And, I mean, those were like 
legit news reports from local media, not national media. Um, yeah. You know, yes, I think that is who her district wants. I think the rest of the country looks at it and goes, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's, Do you know uh, what I mean? Like, I, I don't see her, first of all, um, I, sh- I share almost no values with her, best I can tell. Um, but what kills me about this, all this, and will continue to kill me about all this, is this person was, as a child, a victim of a civil war in Somalia. As a nation, we have such a big heart that we let a ton of those people into our country and give them a veil to everything that our culture and our way of life has to offer. And then they go to Congress and exhibit this kind of behavior. This is the perfect example of someone who did not assimilate to what the U.S. is all about. Bam! Kablam! That it doesn't get more... <clears throat> clear than that. That was fantastic. Way to put the hit that hit the nail on the head. <laughs> you don't get a better example of someone who uh, didn't assimilate and doesn't dig this country. We are going to come back. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Jerry Nadler <clears throat> and his investigation in search of a crime. Uh, we're going to talk about Captain Marvel, and and the Gypsy's going to be very cool about not spoiling it for people like me who haven't seen it yet. But right now, I want to jump into uh, my interview with Martina Marcota. I don't want to gush. I don't want to be a fanboy. But it's just exciting. I feel alone. <laughs> I feel alone so many times. Like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm out here uh, with my little you know group of friends, and it, there's like a handful of us, and we're trying to create something out of nothing. And oh, it's so lonely. It's so lonely. And then Paul Hare. Uh, Paul Hare from theloftestparty.com, and and he's an author, and you definitely want to get his book. You want to get his book, and you want to support that guy. He turns me on to Martina Marcota, and I'm like, who is this? So boom, boom, now we've got her on the show. I want to keep this going. This is exactly how I always thought it would work. This is exactly how I always thought it would work, and I'm so excited. It's like a little mini Christmas. So here's my interview with Lady Alchemy, uh, Martina Marcota. Okay, this is a uh, a very super exciting one for me. We've got Martina Marcota with us from from England. Now, just a little bit of setup. Uh, I'm relatively new to the Martina Marcota bandwagon, but but I am on doing a little research uh, before we spoke. Uh, I'm delighted with what I'm finding out. This this could be uh, this could be an awesome thing. Martina, how how are you doing today? Oh, thanks for having me. I'm I'm good. I'm good. Now I I understand there was recently a move. You 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 left New York and you went to to England. Yeah, you know it's it's just really sad because I am from New York, born and raised. My family's there, and uh, I'm in the New York City art scene. And uh, when I got outed for voting for Trump, who's also a New Yorker, um, really? It did not, yeah, yeah, he's from Queens. And, Whoa! Yeah, you didn't know that. I'm just kidding around. I'm being a goofball. Okay, I was like, yeah, you yeah. got to. I should have. I should have said something. <laughs> Before we yeah, no. Up. And it's just like, you know, he being a New Yorker and just supporting another New Yorker. And I mean, he's was a staple in the in the 
New York scene. I remember growing up and buildings going up and things like that. The Trump, I mean, there's um, national like parks and like lands that are, you know, donated by Donald Trump and there's signs about it. Uh, he was a huge figure. So uh, just how angry New York became over Trump is uh, was shocking to me. And uh, yeah. Republican or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it did not bode well. And it's super sad because they ruined my career and made sure I was blacklisted and lost every opportunity that I had. And it it ended up forcing me to move and find work elsewhere. And so when I voted for Trump and I was all excited about it, I don't have him as my president. Well, welcome to the club. Welcome <laughs> aboard. This is no, this is this is fantastic. I come from uh, I'm a writer uh, and a comedian, and I have also been outed as a, a Donald Trump supporter. That whole thing. So, so it's one. That's why I'm so happy. It's like when uh, I feel like when Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer meets that dentist kid. <laughs> let's be <laughs> let's be independent together. I did a little bit of research, and this will be good for for the people who listen to the to the cast. Uh, and I just I, I did the whole the WikiLeaks uh, WikiLeaks Wikipedia lazy reporter thing because I'm not a reporter. It, it says uh, Martina Marcota. This is how they have you listed. You should probably want to know this. American performance artist. Awesome. Conservative commentator. Bring it. Interpretive dancer and writer. Ding-a-ling-a-ling-a. We got a winner. And uh, I love make art great again. There's so much to unpack here. There's so much to unpack. Let's, that's let's, what the internet says about me. That's what the internet says about you. And then they also they also uh, mention uh, uh, Lady Alchemy. So there's a lot here. There's a lot here. I just listen. You just don't hear those words put together in a sentence a lot. <laughs> yeah. Conservative commentator and interpretive dancer. And there's also some message, uh, some mention of burlesque. So. Like Reader's Digest version, uh, as a person who creates art and leans to the right, which I swear is is just so stupidly exciting uh, for someone else who tries to create art and lean to the right, is fantastic. So let's let's get let's get into the uh, the interpretive dance part of where where are they getting that? Well, I call myself on my website. I call myself a performance artist, so um, it kind of encompasses all of the you know. The performing arts, you know, the burlesque, anything more strange. I like to be a little more strange. The burlesque is, you know, it, it's fun and it's pretty, but uh, and it made me money. But it's uh, I, I like to do different kind of pieces that pop into my head and put music to visuals. You know, that's fantastic. What's now? Let me I know it's hard to judge, but what's what's your favorite uh, p performance piece? What's something that really stands out? You're like, oh, I was on to something there. That was good. Yeah, well, I have this one piece that I did in like 2014 that was very exciting. And um, it's kind of, uh, it's called Negretto. And it's like the first phase of the alchemical process, which is like a blackening and you come face to face with your demons and stuff like that. It's on my website, lady-alchemy.com under the installations piece. Um, so as you can see, it's definitely performance art. It's not like burlesque that one would think of at all. Um, right. It's where I just kind of, I'm in all white and then I throw, and ends up being crazy black paint and strobe lights and it's just very moving. It was more moving in person. People, it was it was very shocking, but the uh, video itself does, does a little bit of justice where people were like, wow, that was very moving and incredible and it was strange. 
So that was super, super fun and fulfilling for me. That was one of my favorite pieces up until I did one where I got outed and um, someone asked me to do, a, it was a political show. It was called like Donna Trumplova and the Siberian Sex Circus. And uh, wow. it's, yeah, it's super fun. It's pretty much like, um, <clears throat> you know, the third daughter of Donald Trump that uh, was produced from a Russian stripper. And uh, she was creating a, a Siberian sex circus to get her daddy's attention and get more famous. And so they had me perform. And uh, I was told, you know, go, go all out, do something political. We really like your black paint thing. If you could do something like that. So I'm like, all right, what do I do? And uh, it ended up being another one of my classic pieces that I think people really know me for more. And uh, it's not like very, because you know how art is. It's it's not so fun to do like leftist type art. And I think some of the people on the right do this as well, where it's very literal. You know, like I'm not having MAGA or Trump's face or anything like out there. And, you know, the left do anti-Trump artwork that's very literal. Um, you know, they have Trump and orange man bad kind of stuff. And yeah. so I, I find that to be a little like cliche and really lacks in creativity and and like depth. So um, this piece was political, but not everyone would realize it. And some people could quite enjoy it. Um, and it was called Milk is Racist. So I don't know if you remember that whole meme yeah. of milk being racist and the left really taking it on. So I did something similar with white uh, and I, I covered myself in like a milk, milky substance with some like anime right in the background and some synth wave music, which was kind of something that our, our scene was, was really like connecting with. So it wasn't overtly like political, but if you knew all the elements and what it represented and what was behind it, it, it made sense. And so that's what's one of my favorites. See, that's uh, that's fantastic. I just like I just I love that whole uh, outlook, not not to blow smoke, but like there is a lot of uh, like answer art, for lack of a better term, on the right. You know, like somebody put out that stat. They, they were they were so brave and so daring. Uh, they put out that s statue of of Trump naked. Remember that one? Yes. And then, of course, I mean, you kind of have to. Then somebody put out the statue of Hillary naked right. as, as their aunt, which I kind of dig. You know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. However, I, I like the idea of let's take this this idea, let's take this farther. And then upon reflection, you you realize, oh, there is there's a political thing there. There's 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 depth to the piece. Yeah, I mean, the piece should be enjoyed either way, but when you, you know, it is really funny because the my my haters, the uh, other burlesque <laughs> girls that really tried to destroy my career, it was funny because they're in like little chat groups and I get told, given some intel, you know, I, I've got people on the end that tell me things and uh, agree with me. And uh, so they were like telling me how they were, oh, did you see Lady Alchemy's milk thing? What what was that about? What what does that mean? Why the anime? Why what was that all about? Why milk? And they started researching and they had to look it up and they come back with, you know, their research. Okay, so apparently like milk is racist is this thing and they bring up articles and oh apparently anime is on the right is like a thing and they have to like dissect each piece and uh I was told it's like the Da Vinci code for retards, you know. But that's like <laughs> So, but like it's uh, it, but that's the whole thing about art. Um, you know, when it's so literal, like the Trump statue or the Hillary statue, I mean, it is what it is, and there's really nothing more than that at face value. But um, someone could see my milk piece and completely enjoy it and not have and don't even care about politics, whether you're left or right, they could not care about politics and they go, 
I really enjoyed that piece, you know? And so that's great. And then at the same time, um, you know, there's, like I said, depth and layer to it, but ultimately it's beautiful standing on its own. And that's what I think like art should be. It should have something that stands on its own. But if you do the research and you can study it, like it's art history, you go, oh, well, this piece actually was about this and this is what happened. And the artist went through this and these are the different meanings of it. And, you know, you can do that kind of stuff with like Leonardo da Vinci, you know, it's like, okay, there's the, uh, the last, not to compare myself to da Vinci, but you know no, what I'm that's saying? exactly what you're doing. Um, that's exactly. <laughs> but you know, there's like each piece, whether it's uh, the portrait of St. John the Baptist or, you know, the uh, the Last Supper. Sure, it's a portrait of St. John the Baptist, but look at his hand position, his symbols. Like there's different symbols, there's different layers to it. And then, you know, the uh, the Last Supper, it's okay, it's the Last Supper, but oh, you know, we're all aware of all the symbolisms and the hidden meanings and deep inside of it. And and so like, that's what I think is really important to do is, is have something pretty but then there's deeper levels to it. I tell you what, well, preach on, sister, because uh, I am in. We are in the same tent. We are listening to the same radio station. So, uh, because it, it is a limited time, and I apologize for the 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 quickness of the interview. So you're you're outed in New York. I saw some some foreign. I was on your YouTube channel. What and your your YouTube channel is. Just look it up as Martina Marcota. I'm not sure what the exact. Uh, you uh, it'll the people will find it. Uh, Martina Marcota on on YouTube. You were interviewed by some foreign journalist, and uh, you were still living in New York at the time. And and make make art great again, which is just fantastic. That should totally at least be on a hat, if not a T-shirt or something wonderful. Yeah. And and then like. How bad was the fallout? Like I, you're living in London now. Like, like, take me, take me from you. You're outed as a as someone who voted for Trump, which now now you're living in a foreign land. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty bad, and it was unexpectedly bad. I mean, I feel like people at this point now are kind of really. I don't know, cashing in on the uh, the outrage train, and there's a lot of people that can kind of you know, really get some media attention on like, oh my God, I was attacked because I'm a Trump supporter. Okay, that's great. But I did not even think of that as a possibility. I did not intend for that to happen. I had a very good career. And um, I just simply had my own opinions. I think they found out because um, I started using my real name because I was only known as Lady Alchemy. That was my whole persona for like 10 years. And I was like 30 years old. And I was really frustrated by all the leftist stuff that I was seeing in my community. And I said, you know, I'm not going to try to rock the boat and pick fights on social media. What I'll do is just I'll be able to post memes and, and kind of have my opinion. I'll make a new account and I'll use my real name because there's nothing under my real name. And now you have to remember people that I worked with didn't know my real name. You know, I don't know other people's real names. There's other performers. I don't, We only know stage names. They're their real yeah. names. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's for protection, you know, in one sense, cause some of them do, you know, sexual acts and things. And it's kind of like their, their way of, of keeping their family safe and their, their real identity safe is having a stage name. So, uh, no one knew my real name. So I thought that was an opportunity to use my family name and say, I'm going to, I'm going to do something over here. And uh, I was, uh, posting memes and using my, a new Instagram account, but what I, I'm such a boomer cause I didn't realize how. Uh, Facebook and Instagram are, are connected, you know, they're like, they got 
Instagram was bought out by Facebook. So they're connected. And it was di- directing all of my like 5,000 Facebook friends from the New York City art scene and everyone I work with to follow my new Instagram account. And so a lot of people were like, what is this? And uh, at that point I had on the Instagram page, you know, a blog that I was writing about and was talking about, you know, conservative art and, uh, you know, the spectrum of, of nudity. And I mean, you can check that out on my website, martinmarcota.com. And I would just like write about stuff and conservatism and in, in the arts, that was kind of what I knew about and um, how it can make sense for both leftists and conservatives of, of doing the, the burlesque kind of art and, and how that makes sense and how I justify being a conservative that way and, and the different types of, of art and different types of nudity, you know, the difference between pornography and, and, uh, you know, shock value, sexual explicit art and the, you know, a Greek sculpture and going into and seeing Renaissance art where there's like a tit out, you know, it's just, it's not sexualized the same way. Yeah. So that was my way of expressing myself and doing what I did. And then, you know, I would go on Gavin's show and Gavin McGinnis and stuff like that. So people started to catch on and see what I was doing and see my real name and what I was up to. And that did not go well. And so when I would walk into work, the theater that I worked at in New York city, a lot of cold shoulders, a lot of like really negativity towards me. I noticed something was off. And then on social media, I would have someone like fighting with me. Uh, excuse me. How do you call this black girl? You know, your friend, aren't you a Trump supporter? And I'm like, uh, cause she's nice to me. Like, I don't care that she's right. black. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm a Trump supporter. So, and it just became like fights backstage and them trying to say that Trump is, uh, you know, a racist and this and that. And it's like, okay, well, you know, agree to disagree, but apparently it was too much. And then it, it was like awkward and it was bad, but um, I still was working and still, you know, people were talking and being, giving me cold shoulders, but I was still working. And then once the election happened, I mean, yeah. no one expected Trump to win. So when he won, that was like uh, fury, fury happened. And uh, that was when there was calls to action to get me out of the theater to demand that my agent drop me. Um, you know, if I had new opportunities at a new theater, they would, you know, demand to the producers that I, I get taken off the roster for performing and, um, every opportunity they could get was to shut me down. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's terrifying. And just, just so you know, as a, as a comedian and, and writer in, in Los Angeles, I have, like my account, right? Like my Twitter, my Instagram, my Facebook, all that stuff. And I went to uh, great lengths to separate myself. As it, it's it's just wild to, uh, thankfully, yet, I mean, my experience hasn't been to the lengths that yours has. And, and, and I'm just like, I'm waiting for the for the shoe to drop. But it's yeah. it's like the exact same thing. And and you're, you're you live in this pseudo well it's not pseudo it's it's a real fear of the of the cross-pollination like oh people will will realize that 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 you know michael loftus is also this guy from uh this other online entity and and they'll, they'll just have zero patience and you'll maybe i am on the outside looking in i guess i'm maybe, maybe i'm just a stupid optimist but i, I still 
and that's exactly right. And and it was a, it was a form of doxing because they made it a mission to say, look at what she's doing. Martina Marcota is Lady Alchemy. Like they have, do- if you look that up, I mean, there's plenty of it where they're cross pollinating, like you say, those names. And that's an es- essentially doxing because, like I said, I don't know their real names. Yeah, they could do whatever they want in their real life, I, and that's why I thought I didn't do anything wrong. Was because first of all, most people didn't know my real name. And uh, also, I have the right to do whatever I want with my real family name on the side that has nothing to do with the performing scene. So I didn't see it as a big deal. Um, But they made a point to connect them and say, look at what she's doing. And I I don't know why that's such a big deal. Well, I want to get to a couple of other, other issues really quick. I'm hoping that you're feeling welcome in in London and in England. It's 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 funny. A few years ago. I hosted this independently syndicated uh, comedy show, talk show. Mm-hmm. It leaned to the right, but because because it leaned to the right, uh, a lot of stations were afraid to pick it up. Yada yada. We did three seasons of it. It was it was very successful, and I get these calls from uh, I think it's it's either I think it's BBC Five. They call mm-hmm. me up at least a couple times a year to this day, and they they couldn't believe that like my little show was the only one on the air. Th- that leans to the right, you know, they're like, they're like, oh, in England, we've got, you know, for every uh, show that leans to the left, we've got a show that leans to the right and blah, 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 blah. There's like some kind of equality. So hopefully, uh, you know, they'll, they'll embrace you and you'll be able to flourish there. It's, it's unfortunate that, that you had to, you know, skedaddle from the U.S. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it was stressful. Yeah. And then I moved around a bit, uh, in Brooklyn and then that's when the DW, it's a big uh, German news station, um, contacted me for an interview with that. So I was still there at the time and, uh, and just, uh, performing opportunities dried up. Um, you know, I got called, uh, that's when also Antifa doxed my address when I was there. Um, so you know, that's like, super scary. Yeah, isn't that scary? Because those are like extremists that are very angry and they're calling you a Nazi, which is very dangerous thing to say on top of like, here's her address. Um, So it was a very scary moment. It was like scary to answer the door or, you know, walk around in in the Brooklyn neighborhood and stuff like that. And um, um, yeah, I mean, I got a visit from the FBI. I think one of the burlesque girls tried to uh, really mess with my life and they were saying that my fiance who's british like proper british bloke they're trying to say that he's a terrorist trying to come into the country just to uh um mess with me more just you know let's ruin her life and so uh you know that became a problem with him trying to get to america and he still hasn't visited my family or anything because he hasn't been allowed in America since. And so I got, you know, a job opportunity to just completely change careers, <clears throat> do video producing for, you know, political stuff, come out here and be with him here. So. OK, so I, there's just one more just to me, frightening thing, concerning thing. And then I, then I want to move on to the creation of wonderfulness and and good stuff and lady alchemy and, and all the wonderful uh, the the Chase Bank thing. I think this is very this is this is really disturbing. Chase Bank just just closed your account. Yeah. They're like, we don't want to be in business with you. Yeah. So that that was an interesting thing, too, because so since Lady Alchemy kind of died for a few years, um, 
there's something really big going on in the comic scene. So, I mean, ironically, the one place that conservatives are kicking butt, um, kicking SJW butt in is in the arts, ironically, because Comicsgate is where um, the comics industry has kind of been dying out. Their sales are not doing well because they're they're putting like SJW stuff in there, you know, yeah. all the comics that we know, Spider-Man or whatever is gay or you know, they're making uh, male characters, women, and the women aren't even beautiful. They look like lesbians and, and all, all sorts of strange things. And it's not doing well for the comics industry. And so a lot of people that are like us are like, no, nah, we're not into this. We're calling this out. And they called out all the SJW crap and they went independent and went on Indiegogo and started um, making their own uh, comic scene. And it's done incredibly well, uh, cumulatively, like multi-million dollars that that go head to head with dc and marvel um you know one campaign alone was over half a million dollars one was over three hundred thousand dollars plenty of over a hundred thousand my campaign is now over thirty seven thousand dollars so i do it yeah so they're they're doing they're doing some really smart stuff because i think the political scene is still stuck in 2016 where we're like Oh my God, SJWs. Oh my God, look at the left. Oh my God, look at the left. And the comic scene did that and said, this is what we're unhappy about. We don't like the SJW crap and our stuff. This is why. And then they took it a step farther and said, we're going to create stuff that we want. And everyone else responded to it and has supported it. So I think that's the next phase that we need to be at is um, creating the world we want to live in. So, you know, if you're unhappy about, you know, universities or, or the schools, even, you know, elementary schools or high schools being, uh, or universities being uh, completely leftist indoctrination camps, then let's get in there. Let's become yeah. teachers. Let's, let's do our part of changing that. Isn't that um, though, like the, the, the frightening thing to me, the, the, the concern the, that I see the handwriting on the on the wall is like someone goes okay so i'm going to not not mess with this foolishness i'm just going to go create my own thing yeah. so go on to patreon and support me and then all of a sudden they go guess what you're not on patreon right and, and right yeah oh so yeah this goes back to the chase thing so that's kind of where i i got into give lady alchemy life again was we said there's this scene and let's you know I've always wanted Lady Alchemy to be a character a comic book character and so it was the perfect opportunity that everything just fit and I happened to have this amazing artist that I was friends with that's on our side so we just found ourselves that just really fit that moment of we're going to do this comic book now and um, it's done well and so I have all the, this money that is being dumped into my business account. So I've had a Chase account for like 10 years and I've had, a, I have an LLC, a business. So I have a business account with Chase um, that I was dumping that money into for almost 10 years. And um, suddenly I get a letter in the mail saying that they reviewed my account and that they want to end their relationship with me. So Chase like broke up with me and I was like, very upset because as yeah. I said, I raised over $37,000, which I, I have tens of thousands of dollars in that business account. Why would they close the account? What am I going to do with that money? How am I going to get Indiegogo? Cause it's, you know, monthly I get installments and it gets dumped into my account. What am I going to do about that account? I can't change the info. So they're just screwing my comic book thing. What's happening. So I kind of was upset and then I called them and they didn't give me reasons. I was trying to figure out why. Well, what's the problem? What's the problem? You remove my account. Why? There's good, there's money in there. I'm good for it. Like what's happened? And they just said that they couldn't tell me why. And, uh, 
then um and i tweeted about it and then i noticed that other conservatives like a proud boy leader who sells like you know political shirts got his chase closed down within like yeah. a week mine uh joe, joe Biggs. Biggs. yeah so many times it was happening within a short period of time to other political people so that's when i went Okay, like I didn't want to get all conspiracy and go, it's because I'm a conservative. But I was like, there's got to be a reason. Why did this happen? And so when it started happening a lot within the same time frame to other people, I said, okay, they are doing this to us. And uh, it's a scary thing. Um, yeah, I'm in the process of transferring things and sorting it all out with Indiegogo. And, and, and you know, they're not going to they're not going to kill Lady Alchemy comic book yet. So we're good. But ultimately, it's scary because you know, what's next? It was like my career, which I didn't think was justified. I didn't think was legal and it happened. And then it's like, you know, PayPal or, you know, social media, that's scary for them to deperson you there. And then now it's like bank account. Like I didn't think the bank account could mess with that kind of stuff. I thought that's the one place that I'm safe. (laughs) And it's like, it's uh, it's it's really, really uh, concerning. I, I, I don't take it at all. I, I hope it works out and, you know, please keep us, uh, you know, in the loop as to, as to what you end up doing now. Can we, uh, cause, cause I don't want to, I don't want to believe it's real. However, I think it is real. It is happening. So everyone needs a plan of action. Right. Uh, and, but there's strength in numbers and, right. and you, you probably have, you've probably never heard of myself or, or any of this stuff, but, a million years ago, when I started doing this syndicated uh, show and just realized what I was up against, I'm like, okay, I need to create a, a different entity, the, the Loftus Party. And and I just want to be like uh, uh, an in-between guy, you know, like for, for people who are doing art uh, on the right and for people who are creating things on the right, whether it's comedy, whether it's screenplays, films – uh, graphic novels, whatever it is. So I, I'm automatically uh, a huge fan. And like, we have to circle the wagons. The the left uh, appears to be really great at circling their wagons. And they, they've got the culture so far. Uh, I, I like, there's almost a weird, like a who's that dude, Paul Joseph Watson, you know, like, you know, being conservative or leaning to the right is the new punk rock. It, in my well, he opinion, had that me because I was talking to him in like 2014 and being in the art scene and being dissatisfied with that stuff. I would talk to him a lot about like that. This is the counterculture and how modern art is just trash and stuff. So yeah, it was actually me, but yes, you are correct. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad, I'm glad we had this conversation because you're absolutely right. So I want to be able to uh, I'm totally going to, you know, push your stuff on the site and and try to increase awareness. I'm currently in the middle of a of a nationwide tour, this uh, deplorable show where we're just going out. We're doing it's it's stand up. It's it's songs. It's kind of we're trying to make it into more of like a, uh, a theatrical show with video pieces in. So uh, I'm totally totally glad that we met and had this conversation it's one yeah. but now is there going to be is there going to be another lady alchemy book how far away are we from the next uh, comic yeah yeah 
Well, first of all, send me anything you got. I'll make sure I share because it is the strength in numbers. We have to promote each other. That's the important part. And that's why Comicsgate worked out so well is because they definitely banded together for this community and they were able to uh, fly. It's really hard to just do things on your own. So I'd love to share that. Um, the comic book is still um, an open campaign right now. So I'm in the process of, of still uh, creating it. Um, it's pretty much on Indiegogo, like a pre-order. So if you order it, um, you know, in a few months, we'll hopefully wrap up everything, but there's also different other perks on the campaign. Uh, we have t-shirts that are already printed silk screen shirts on cotton, like decent quality stuff. It's not like some plasticky shirts. It's, it's really, really good, good stuff. And, um, yeah, those are ready to ship out. We have a whole inventory of them. Uh, posters and stickers and all sorts of uh, fun perks and merch uh, will be sent out. ASAP. I'll get a. I want to get. I want to get a shirt and I want to wear it on of stage. Of course, of course, that'd be awesome. Yeah, you'll like yeah. the shirt. Okay, so so b just because it's a, a limited time and and uh, what are the important websites? I think I think uh, martinamarcota.com, That's probably an important one. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> lady lady dash that, alchemy yes lady dash alchemy.com and um i think you probably I, have a patreon that's important yeah i have a patreon i, I mean <laughs> i have so i have all of them all all of the things but uh Hi, i mean i my don't name's know martina the, and i have 72 different websites i have all of the things and uh but as far as the Indiegogo campaign, I think that one's really important. Um, I don't know what, like, I don't have like a shortened link to it, but if you pretty much Google Indiegogo Lady Alchemy, my campaign pops up. So I dig it. Well, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm bummed that you had to go to England, but hopefully you've got, that's where your fiance is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I that kind of works back. out. Yeah. I'll be back <laughs> soon enough. It just is a bummer to have, you know, someone that you voted for come into office and then you, you're the one that has to leave. And all the leftists were saying they're going to go to Canada or leave the country. <laughs> so it's like, damn, I'm the one that had to leave. But yeah, be I'll back. be back. You'll be back in no time. And uh, the loftusparty.com, we're going to support uh, you and your endeavors and, and keep our readers and our viewers uh, up to date and on, on what you're doing. I think it's fantastic. It was very nice to meet you. You too. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on. Let's, uh, we will definitely stay in touch. So I like Martina. I like Martina Marcota. I like people who are creating something out of nothing. That's, uh, that's I know, exciting. You said, you said you didn't want a fanboy, but you were kind of fanboying. Well, you know what? I'm going to, I'm gonna, I'm actually holding up. I was, I was, cause I'm just so excited. I'm just, uh, I'm so excited. I, I need to actually go check out, uh, Lady Alchemy. I want to go actually, I want to read that. Uh, I want to read that book. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to pimp something if it's, if it's not great, but I'm, I'm, listen, uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And, and I've, she and I are in, in the same boat and you're in the same boat and Paul Hare is in the same boat and, uh, Lisa Tate for a certain, to a certain extent is in the same boat. It's, mm -hmm. it's, you have to, you do this dance, like how far out do I want to go? But I also want to create this stuff. I want to write, I want to draw. So it's wonder. It was, it was wonderful. Uh, I want to, I'm a big fan. I want to stay in touch. Well, okay. Some of the Loftus party fans are actually considering coming up with a board game. Listen, a, a board game would be wonderful. Unless... Kind, of, kind of like the game of life, except it deals with intersectionality. <laughs> I'm all on board. I yeah. will develop all of this. There's, um, 
uh, the only card we know for sure is you have to go back three spaces if you encounter your feminist nephew at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Okay, so uh, really quickly, <clears throat> uh, we'll do one more thing that like has us concerned. Now, we'll make some fun of uh, these people, and then we got to get to to Captain Marvel. I'm pretty I'm pretty excited to talk about that, but seriously, no spoilers. The the whole uh, Jerry Nadler of it all. I, I did a video uh, last week. It's always fun to see, like with the YouTube videos, and and the YouTube is going great. By the way, the YouTube is going. I'm very very pleased uh, with boom boom boom. Every day I wake up, it's going better and better. But then you're like, oh no, that. And they'll discover I'm here and I'll get kicked off. But I did a, a video about it's too the whole, late. You hit the threshold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, about like the Michael Cohen testimony and now it's like endless investigations. This whole Jerry Nadler business, you guys, needs to have us concerned. Here's the deal. Like – and this is this, – this occurred to me maybe a little bit too late. When the Republicans, even though they went completely too far – you could argue with the Clinton administration, everything the Clint, everything that they were looking at with the Clintons was when they were in public life. I, I totally forgot that Bill Clinton uh, was the, was the governor uh, of Arkansas, oh, yeah. and so you, you had you had you had land deals going on when he was the governor. So you were all, we were already talking about political favors. That's what makes this whole Jerry Nadler, uh, you know, eighty one letters to eighty eight people about they're just looking for crimes. This is Donald Trump has never been in public office before, so literally, it is the embodiment of a witch hunt. They're like we're gonna and anybody who's ever worked for Donald Trump, we are going to look into you and we are going to look into your life. And if you're not afraid, well, go check out uh, Paul Manafort because that dude is going to jail for stuff that he did that had nothing to do with him working for Donald Trump. So it it got really scary really fast for me. Well, and I, I they're, they're going to keep doing, doing that. I mean, Schiff is – what did they send out? 81 yeah. Subpoenas to That was my little joke. 80, children. Like you had that remember that song 88 88 lines about 88 women. Jenny was a blah blah blah. So my thing is yeah. 88 letters to 88 people. Right, but I mean it's it is a fishing expedition at this point. And Beyond. Some might call it a witch hunt. Yeah, you It's almost like I like to say you've got a solution in search of a problem. Yeah, well, like the I, I think they is, just want to. There's no obvious crime. You can't investigate it, so you're literally investigating to find evidence of a crime that may or may not exist. I mean, police can't do that. Law enforcement can't do that. Why can Congress do that? I tell you what, because the media and no one is holding their feet to the fire other than Fox News, which, as we were talking about in the you know the top of the show, Fox News is just propaganda. The the Democrats aren't going to participate. Like literally, it's it's the same thing with the Mueller investigation. We're gonna we're gonna look at all these people. Ooh, and we discovered these crimes along the way. And then you you start tallying them up. Oh, there's a guy with a little crime. There's a guy with a little crime. There's a guy. Now all of a sudden you can go look at this. We investigated these people and we found, you know, eight people who are going to go to jail or whatever the whatever the number is. And then you go, boy, if there's eight people who are going to jail, there must be something more here. And so it becomes it's 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 a self-fulfilling prophecy. Things that people are going to jail for are not related to one another. No. And (laughs) And, I mean, I just sit here and I'm like, okay, 
if you want to know what a police state would look like, a police state would look like law enforcement doing to the public what Adam Schiff is doing to Republicans. Exactly. And once again, it's uh, and then we'll and then we'll close out on this one. But it, it is the the perfect circle. They go, oh, Donald Trump's a fascist. He's a fascist. He's a Nazi. And then this is like legit Nazi tactics. Mm-hmm. McCarthyism, so, at least it's uh, it is not good. All right. On to on the on to happier subjects, because I don't want to I don't want to be remiss because we are comic book people. We are movie people. You uh, Gypsy, we're one of the one of the lucky few who went to see the opening weekend of Captain Marvel. We got right. we got five and a half minutes left in the show. We're gonna be very so. Let's let's start with this on a scale of one to ten. On a scale of one to ten, what are you gonna give this film? Probably a four. Ooh. Oh, I was legit. I legitimately thought you were going to say like a seven, a four. No, no. You know, my biggest thing was Coulson's in there. I love me some Phil Coulson, especially with more hair. That was great. Yeah. Um, sorry, more hair might have been a spoiler, but I think it's pretty out there that they de-aged both he and uh, Fury. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they can do that now. They they've got that that computer program gotten really good. He was a snappy looking younger man. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> I just like his character. I've liked him since the first time he showed up, and I love well, Agents of Shield, so I was happy to see him. Um, yeah, especially after I lost Loki. Um, <laughs> I'm still I haven't forgiven them for that one yet. Does this did this did uh, Captain Marvel did it build your excitement for the, the next Avengers movie? Are it you are you on board? Built some trepidation for me. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. See, now welcome cuz like here's what happened to me. Like you you wa- I watched uh the the first Star Wars movie, the JJ Abrams one, and you're like, "Okay, I'm glad they're back, but I'm a little worried." Uh-huh. And then you get to the Last Jedi and you're like, "Okay, it's off the rails." Oh my it's God, off. it would be so sad. It would be that. so sad if Infinity War 2 they completely just went off the rails. Like, to get this close to the finish line and then mess it up, I think that's what everybody's nervous about. I I, I don't think it's going to go completely off the rails because you, the fans are too emotionally invested into some of these characters. That's what I said about Star Wars. Yeah, except they changed a lot of the characters. I was, right. Right. It's not the same. We've had too many movies with these people. Too many backstories. Too, I mean, the whole thing to this point has been woven together so carefully. And, and you see some of that in Captain Marvel. Um, you know, in terms of pulling things from the history of the Avengers, etc., 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 um, so some of that's there. It's not like yeah. it's not like completely just plunked in. Um, I just like I said, and like we've said, seeing the movie did not um, help my skepticism about bringing a brand new character into the final act. Okay, I got I got I got two questions for you here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let me, so the end credit scene, the end mm-hmm. credit scene, thumbs up or thumbs down? Do you want to know how many there are? Ooh, ooh. 
uh, no, that to me that's a spoiler. But like, are you are you excited about the end credit scenes or not? Thumbs up, thumbs down, just as a whole. <laughs> It, it's just it just is i mean it's not it like, just is ooh, okay so that's a thumbs down that was great oh what does that mean it, it no it just you know what it means as soon as you see it okay like a okay, lot of times that's they kind of leave you hanging in those yeah or I might you have to, to remember to them tonight. in another movie because it's a crucial part i don't see that in this one okay so here's my guess here's my guess it's gonna be to me like uh, like Black Panther, like 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 Black Panther was such a huge box office. There was so much talk, there was so much hype. You're like, ooh, this is important. I'm gonna go see this. I'm gonna go see this in the movie theater. I saw it and I walked away going, yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't. No, I'm white, but so maybe it didn't speak to me culturally. But like I was like, yeah, that was, that was good. Is is Captain Marvel at least that? Do you at least walk away from the movie going, eh, that was good? Okay, so her backstory, like, I could identify with personally, so I didn't hate it. A lot of people are saying her character was really flat, there was no depth, there was no this. I totally get where the character was. Yeah. And, and yes, there actually is a story there, okay? And it's not some big feminist trope. There's a little bit of that, but it's not, it's not terrible. Like, I didn't, like, go, ugh. Um, so it didn't bother me, but, so she does have a backstory. That's um, good. Did you, did you ever just, like, see the end of the movie and go, yeah, I don't know how you put that back in the box. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> that I mean, is, so- that's, we're, we're getting close to spoiler territory. I, I I don't want to get into the exacts. Of course, you'll I don't, know exactly. But... It's I'm, no, I'm not talking about how it ends or whatever. It goes back to our skepticism. Well, here's l- listen, and I, and I I don't know. I'm going to try to see the movie tonight. We got to wrap this up. I don't want to go insanely long, right. but it's like, and I'll I'll say this: when uh, in in the Last Jedi, uh, there's a there's a bunch of moments like that, like like Princess Leia who's dead and she's a popsicle and she floats back to the ship by what the force can do that and then i have that moment of like okay you can't you can't disregard that I'm that's sorry. now part of what can happen and then when uh laura dern purple-haired senator lady general crazy lady yeah he takes a ship and she puts it into hyperdrive and rams the enemy fleet and they all explode you can't you can't put that away you've now unleashed that that's that's right. now part of like why didn't you ask yourself, why didn't they do that in every other movie? If you can do right. that, why can't you? Why? So hopefully uh, Captain it, Marvel, it me, sounds like there's one of those moments. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like a Princess Leia floating back to the ship. Okay. All right. Well, See, I'm going to go in. Not, not, not like totally, not totally. Separate. You just yeah. you can't put that back in the box. So what are you going to do with it? Ooh, okay, you guys, that's the show. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try to see Captain Marvel. I'll have my thoughts on it next week. We are gonna continue to try to bring you uh, the very best guests that we can. Uh, keep an eye out. Keep going to theloftestparty.com. We have solved our little issue of you go in, you sign up, bing bong, we throw the switch, you're good to go. 
there's uh and the numbers you guys because i i get like google updates and all that stuff now the numbers are reflecting it <laughs> we were we had made a huge mistake we've counted it uh everything is literally sunshine and lollipops uh the youtube channel is going well uh, the the Patreon people, thank you for uh, for donating. We're gonna stay on Patreon as as long as they'll let us, and that money is is going for one purpose: to make everything better, to increase the quality of everything. So thank you, Patreon people, uh, you're awesome. So the numbers are up on the Loftus Party. The numbers are up on Facebook. The numbers are up on the YouTube channel. The numbers are coming in on on Patreon. Uh, we're meeting cool people like Martina Marcota. I just don't know how it gets better. Have a great week, and we will talk to you next time.